Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Yochaved, and this is A Deeper Conversation, a podcast for Jewish women. If you'd like to reach me, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions for future episodes, please email me at adeeperconversation120 at gmail.com. That's adeeperconversation120 at gmail.com. So this week's episode is going to be all about freedom, and it's a really important episode, I think, but I want to tell you two things before I get started. So the first is I want to respond to a comment that I got from last week's podcast. And the second is I want to tease next week's podcast, which is going to be something totally new and different that I've never done before. And I'm really excited to tell you about it. But first, the comment I got from last week's episode, um, which was about the bracha shalom asani guy, where we thank Hashem for not making us Gentiles. And I got a comment from a woman who's a gioras, who is a convert, and she said she always had a problem with this bracha. Obviously, she was born not Jewish. So how does she relate to this bracha? And I thought it was such a fascinating comment. She wasn't even really asking the question, just sort of saying that she had this conflict. Um, and I had two thoughts about that. So the first is, is that um, we all chose to be Jewish. Us personally, those of us who are born Jewish, are the descendants of the original Jews who had a choice to make at a certain point in time. They weren't born Jewish. Avram Yitzchak Yaakov were not born Jewish. Not until Matan Torah did we have this idea that a person who was born into a Jewish mother is born Jewish. Everybody before that made that choice, and then as a collective, as a group, we chose to be Jewish. All right, Our religion is the only one that can boast a public revelation. Um, I guess, depending on how you look at the numbers, maybe between two and three million people maybe were at Sinai, I'm not sure, something along those lines. But there was a choice to be made, and we made it. So there's that famous medrash, as you know, that Hashem went around to all the nations and asked them if they wanted to be Jewish, whereupon they responded, well, what's in the Torah? And when they were told what's in the Torah, they found the thing that conflicted with their own worldview and rejected the Torah. There is, in fact, another measure that says that converts today are children of those individuals within those nations who actually did make that choice um, and said, yeah, no, actually, we're kind of interested in that. Um, another thing that you often see with converts is that very often it's almost like they are sort of Jewish, but they don't have the documentation to prove it. So they go through that conversion process, but you see people who from a very early age are fascinated by Judaism, who are drawn to being Jewish, and really converts, Most all the converts that I know, have had to overcome a difficulty. They've had to overcome a wall of some kind, whether it was their family or something that happened where they really had to actively make that choice to be Jewish. But being Jewish requires that choice, whether it was you made it or your children made it. So obviously this woman, now her children, they're in. Um, you see this a lot, by the way, with people who come from areas where the Inquisition was. Um, I'll tell you a fascinating story. So my dad went into a barbershop. He was getting a haircut from an Italian barber who had a giant gold cross around his neck. And he told my dad that his wife went down into the basement every Friday night to light candles. And the reason why she did that was simply because that's what her mother did. And that's what the women in their family did do. Most likely this woman was from some sort of family of forced converts from around the time of the Inquisition. And you see a lot of people who are actually Jewish, but again, the documentation isn't there. The family strayed off generations ago and the children find their way back to their home. But whether or not a person is genuinely a convert or is actually Jewish, but goes through the technical process of conversion, being Jewish requires a choice at some point. And it isn't the bracha that we say, Shalom Asani Gai, is not, we're not saying thank you Hashem for having made me born Jewish. We're saying thank you Hashem for making me Jewish. And the process of 
creation is active and ongoing and it's present in the present tense. Every single minute that we're alive, Hashem is actively sustaining us. So when we say Shalom Asani Gai, we are talking not about how we were born when we came out of our mother's stomach, but we're talking about how we are existing right now. Hashem is making us as we speak and creating us as we speak. And in our current state as Jews, we can say the bracha, whether or not we were born Jewish or converted to Judaism, Shalom Asani Gai, equally across the board. There's no such thing as half Jewish, we know, right? There's all Jewish and no and non-Jewish. Um, and we don't have distinctions. Once a person is Jewish, they're Jewish. Um, so that's the answer or the my comment regarding that comment that the person who sent me that email, thank you for sending it. Um, and the other thing I just want to tell you real quick before I get started with the subject for today is that next week I'm going to be talking about the bracha Shalawasani Isha and Shasani Kirtsono, the brachos that women say. And of course, there's a lot of questions about this bracha, and I thought it would just be an opportunity to talk about some of the comments that I've been getting from you guys about some of the struggles with regards to being a Jewish woman. You know, I'm, I'm getting almost opposite comments, like I have a hard time staying at home, I have a hard time working, and feel that people who... Um, People, you know, people who stay at home look down on women who have to work in the Jewish community. Somebody said that. Somebody else said um, that they felt a very strong push towards intellectualism in the Jewish schools, and that as a Jewish mother, that need is not necessarily fulfilled. So I thought, what better to do than to have a very strong Jewish woman on the podcast that I could talk to and ask these questions to? And so, who better than my mother? So I'm so excited to tell you guys that my mother is coming onto the podcast next week. My mother, um, Mrs. Rifki Torsky Gans, is a an amazing therapist. She's much smarter than me, um, and she is a woman who is very intellectual and even academic. I would say I would describe my mother as being academic. Certainly, I would describe her as being somebody with a very strong and forceful personality, but also somebody who never ever seemed to struggle with her role as a Jewish woman, despite the fact that, you know. She is a professional. She's an academic. Like I said, she's a strong intellectual. And I thought it'd be really interesting to have that conversation with her on next week's podcast. So in light of that, if you guys have any questions that you want to ask about any of these topics, any struggles that you find are particular to Jewish women, particular maybe to Jewish women in today's day and age, please email me at a deeper conversation 120 at gmail.com. And hopefully we can address some of those things on next week po- next week's podcast. So now I want to talk about the Bracha Shalom. Asani Aved, where we thank Hashem for not making us slaves. This is a really important bracha because what, in essence, we're saying with this bracha, with all these neg- like negative brachos, where we're acknowledging what we're not. Um, so, a slave is somebody who doesn't have free choice. And really, if you think about it, what that means is that this bracha really speaks to the essence of humanity. A person, as differentiated by from the animals, is a is a being with free choice. Our connection to God or the the expression of our godliness is in that free choice, that we have the ability to choose. Um, like I just said before, when I was answering the question about that woman with Shalala Sanikai, we, we chose to be Jewish. And every day we wake up to a bevy of choices, um, some big choices, small choices. How are we going to speak to our children? What tone of voice are we going to use? How are we going to use our time? What are we going to eat? Um, are we going to daven? Are we not going to daven? Are we going to make time for this? Are we going to make time for that? And those choices are what make us human. A person has Bechira, has free choice. Um, and sometimes things are seem a little bit confusing. And all of that is to perpetuate that free choice that we have, that sacred choice to choose right, to choose wrong every single day. I actually often think, and this is like a little bit of an aside, 
that sometimes the smaller choices are, are almost harder. Choosing every day to like, you know, speak in the right tone of voice, to hold our temper, to not speak Lashon Hara or embarrass somebody else, to stop and think. I mean, these are things that animals don't do. An animal has instinct. Um, an animal will choose to eat something if it's hungry, will choose not to eat something if it's not hungry, or if it doesn't like the taste, or if it doesn't feel good, it won't eat it. But an animal obviously doesn't say, you know, I really want this bowl of pasta, but I really need to lose a few pounds, so I'm just going to wait and maybe I'll have a salad later on. This is something that people do. Now, the thing is, is that the state of slavery, which exists today, um, and obviously is part of the fabric of the world, a slave doesn't have free choice. A slave does not get to exercise that ability to choose his destiny and to choose the kind of person that he wants to be because his loyalty is to his master, not to himself. Um, I just, out of curiosity, I looked this up because I was wondering, you know, slavery is something that exists in the world. And we're so lucky in America that it's something that we've eradicated, however, hundred and however many years ago. And countries that have a Judeo-Christian heritage, England, have eradicated slavery. But the truth is, is that now this is a, an estimate. I saw a few different things on different websites. Anywhere between 25 and 50 million people are still enslaved today. So this is something that actually really exists. And again, in America, we kind of think of slavery as something that we abolished. Obviously, there's a lot of political discussions about that now. But as an actual state where one person owns another person, that still exists in the world today to, in great numbers. I saw, um, I saw one statistic that said in India there's about 18 million slaves. That's an incredible thing to think about um, and something that's so far removed from us. But um, certainly to appreciate um, the state of being able to choose, being able to appreciate what Bechira means, what free choice means, what autonomy means, what our ability to make our own decisions means um, is a very, very powerful thing to do every single day when we make this bracha in the morning. Because again, the morning brachos, we're really kind of setting ourselves up for the day. We're kind of setting our values, saying what's important. We wake up in the morning, we say moda'ani, we thank Hashem for the fact that we woke up, and we thank Hashem for the fact that our bodies work with the bracha of Asher Yatzar. Um, and we thank Hashem for our neshama, for our soul. And we thank Hashem for the fact that um, we have the Torah with brachas Torah. And then we thank Hashem for our intelligence. We thank Hashem for creating us as Jews. So each bracha in these three, the set of three, thank, Hashem, thank you Hashem for not making me uh, a non-Jew. Thank you Hashem for not making me a slave. Thank you Hashem for not making me a woman or the women say, thank you Hashem for making me according to your will is acknowledgement, not just of what we're not, but also of what our responsibilities are within those groups. Groups are important. Designations are important. Identity is important, which is really what this is understanding our identity. And within that identity as a Jew, there are certain responsibilities that come along with that. And within our identity as a free person, there are responsibilities that come along with that also and opportunities. All right. A lot of times um, somebody asked me once, um, it was a question about like Jews have so many things that they have to do. And actually I heard this from somebody who is a convert. I was talking to um, somebody that I know and he was telling me his conversion story and how he had been a Christian and he had always like he was one of these people who had always been sort of drawn to Judaism made incredible sacrifices to become Jewish and um, if 
if you are a convert or if you know people who are converts know, so what happens is, is that there's a very long education process that a convert goes through and will very often live almost as Jews for a while before actually becoming Jewish, right? I remember my husband once said, he asked somebody in Shul, he said, we need a minion. He said, no, I'm not Jewish. And he was sitting and learning in the Shul you know, on the way towards the conversion process. But so this guy was in, um, this is like a roundabout story, sorry. This guy was in um, a class, a halacha class of some kind um, with other people who are in the shul. And so somebody leans over to him and says to him, you know, you're going to have to do all this stuff soon, right? Um, And he just turns around and this was just the best line ever. He said, I think you mean I get to do all this stuff soon. So the way that we look at the opportunities that we get as being Jewish, as being free, can either be positive or negative. Like, do we have to do all this stuff or do we get to do all this stuff? But regardless, going back to my point that I was making before, is that freedom is an awesome responsibility. It is not something to necessarily be taken for granted. Um, The way many people, and I speak about myself, certainly in America, have become used to thinking of it. I mean, what do we say when we were little kids, when you're on the playground and somebody says, you can't do that, you can't say that, and we immediately respond, it's a free country, right? I I must have said that so many times. Um, But freedom means that I have the ability to choose, and I'm put in a position where I take responsibility for myself and every single day is up is full of choices every moment of my life is a choice you're choosing to listen to this podcast now maybe instead of doing something else um i want to say something else actually that i saw in um the Rav schwab's book which is actually almost like the opposite of what i'm saying now um but one of the things he says is that when we're commanded to do the mitzvos as Jews, we've chosen to be Jewish, and now we're commanded to do the mitzvos, and that lack of choice actually gives us a higher reward. So this is sort of almost in contrast to what I said before, the power of freedom, the power of choice, but Hashem commanded us to do the mitzvos, right? And anytime you're told to do something, your instinct is going to be, you can't tell me what to do. There's that freedom again, that instinct for freedom, that human need. But by commanding us to do the mitzvos and by obligating us Hashem actually allowed us to achieve a higher reward because that instinct is always going to be rebellion when somebody tells you to do something. So you think that when somebody does something voluntarily, when they're choosing to do something, I don't have to give this charity, but I'm doing it out of the goodness of my heart. I don't have to go to the soup kitchen and stand there and, you know, volunteer my time, but I'm doing it anyways. People can feel very, very proud of themselves. And that um, fact that they're doing something out of complete freedom. They don't have to be there, but they're going to be there anyways. And they've chosen properly gives a person a sense of, I don't know, like, a um, energy, I guess, and feel really good about themselves for the choice that they made. But when you're doing something because you have to, when you're put in that category of now we say Shaloh Asani Gai, we're Jewish and Shaloh Asani Aved, we're free, right? There's a, um, Obviously, there's such a thing as a Jewish slave in halacha, and a Jewish slave in halacha can't do the mitzvos. So this is a very technical bracha as well, because a person who's a Jewish slave has to listen to his master before he can do the mitzvos. So now that they're in that category of not being, we are in that category of not being a slave, so now we're obligated to Hashem rather than to a person. 
and being obligated to do the mitzvot after Har Sinai, after we made that choice to be Jewish. So that obligation comes along with a natural rebellion. And when we do the mitzvot, we get more reward because we're always warring with that instinct to be like, you can't tell me what to do. I can do whatever I want to do. Um, but again, even though we're obligated to do that mitzvot, we still have that inherent ability to choose freely. Which again, and I started off the podcast like this by saying, this is what makes us human. This is what makes us different from the animals. This is the Tzalem Elohim, that image of God that we were created in, that we have the freedom to choose our path. Um, a while ago, I took a, uh, I took a, like a seminar um, on treating alcoholics. It was a specific methodology of how to deal with addictions and alcohol and drug use. And the woman who was giving the, um, the seminar, she was teaching the specific method of how to work with addicts. And she was saying, one of the things you have to realize is that addicts no longer have free choice. And I reacted to that so strongly. It was one of those moments, I don't know if you've ever had this, where you wish you would have said what was so smart in your head and you thought about afterwards, but in the moment you didn't say anything. But I really reacted to that very negatively. And that's, you can't say of an addict that they don't have free choice. I'm sorry. Right? So it's true. Like if I would walk into a party and somebody would offer me a glass of wine. So I might say, um, yes, I'd like a glass of wine. Or I might say, no, I'm driving. I can't have a glass of wine. Or I want to wait till later. I'll have a glass of wine with my meal because I'm not an alcoholic, right? An alcoholic who walks into the party and is offered a glass of wine might not have the freedom or the free choice to say, no, thanks. I don't want that glass of wine. But they do have free choice. And to deny that a person has free choice for a counselor or clinician to deny that a person has free choice, to me, takes away the essence of their humanity. Their choice might not be to say yes or no to a glass of wine, but their choice might be in a different arena. Maybe they have a choice that they can get help or they could reach out. Maybe their choice is that they shouldn't be going to a party where there's alcohol when they know they have a problem. Maybe there's a choice to just talk to somebody else about what they're struggling with, and that's the first step. But wherever you are in life, we always have a choice that we have the ability to exercise towards our ultimate goal, which is connecting with Hashem, to growing as people, and of course, to, uh, I guess, come out of this world better than when we came into it. Anyways, that is it for today. Thank you all so much for listening. I am, again, so excited about next week's podcast with my mother. And if you have any questions about that, please, or if you have any questions that you want me to address on that podcast, I should say, um, please email me at a deeper conversation 120 at gmail.com, and I will meet you back here next week.